Welcome to the Sermon Audio Podcast of Hill Country Bible Church, Georgetown. The podcast bringing you biblical messages that encourage you to put Christ at the center of everyday life. We're here to help you engage in the local church and to invite you into a life that matters through Jesus. If you have any questions about your next step, visit us online at hillcountry.life. And now for today's message. All right, all right, all right. I'm Mike O'Banion. I'm the Congregational Care Pastor here at Hill Country. Uh, Pastor Brian is out of town. His grandchild turned one year old today. And uh, yeah, uh, everybody's officially old. And, uh, and then Pastor Jason was supposed to, to speak, and, and he and his family have COVID. Yeah. And so they called to the bullpen Thursday morning and said, you're up. So I'm up. And uh, yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Welcome to Hill Country Bible Church. Welcome to all those that are watching us online. And, and we're glad you're here. Imperfect people doing life with a perfect God. And, and, and every day we prove that, that just how imperfect we are. We're continuing in our middle. We're kind of in the middle of our series, Live Like There's No Tomorrow. And we'll, we're going to get into the service in just a minute. I just want to point out to Desiree, it's WMFK. That's Women's Ministry Fall Kickoff. Sounds like a radio station, doesn't it? All right. Listen to us on WMFK. <laughs> Last time I was up here a few weeks ago, I like to walk when I speak. Y'all probably noticed that. Um, Matt, Sally, who, who, who was watching, and, and these cameras are supposed to move automatically. And, and so I walked, and he said, oh, my gracious. He's, he, he, I, he said he went all the way past the bongos. And <laughs> so, so this week... They, I got a text from Pastor Brian Thursday. said, there will be some black tape on the floor. <laughs> and one of them's here. And one of them's here. <laughs> now, the reason they're doing that, they're testing some, some audiovisual equipment to make sure that the, 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 trying to isolate a problem we've been having. So I know that that's the problem. But being the really sensitive guy that I am, I think they're picking on me. And for you teachers out there, you know what kind of student I was because I'm going to step across it <laughs> at least once just to see and know that I can. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> uh, before I get started, I want to mention one thing that, that, that uh, uh, Chuck Abbott, our minister, uh, minister, missions director, uh, made us aware of yesterday, and I just want you to, you small group leaders, make this a matter of prayer. Y'all make it a matter of prayer in your personal life, and, and I'm not getting political, I don't care, but we have some missionaries in, in, in Afghanistan. Uh, we have, there are many, many, many Christian organizations that have missionaries in Afghanistan. It was dangerous there before. It's more dangerous now, and so these groups are trying to make efforts to get them out, get them relocated, get them to safety. Make that a matter of prayer. Okay, the easiest place on earth to be a Christian is right here in these four walls. We're safe. We came here freely, complaining all the way maybe, but we're here. And when these guys dedicate their lives to go there, they are giving it all, and we need to lift them up in prayer. So during this next week and week after and week after, 
Be praying for those guys, okay? Today's title of today's message is God's will for us. Or actually, it's God's will for you and me. Uh, how would you like it if you went to the mailbox every Sunday morning and you took out this, uh, and there were you found instructions for the week from God to you. Monday, do this. Tuesday, do this. Wednesday. Would you like that? Well, sure you would. But we would be only puppets on a string, wouldn't we? And we would find a way to get around that. How many of us, I know I'm one, that on Saturday would be trying to make up Monday, Tuesday. I, I, <laughs> I, I did okay Wednesday, but Thursday, Friday, and I'm trying to rush them all in. And so I go to the mailbox the next Sunday, and it says, repeat. Right? But, but that's not the way it works. We have, what is God's will for us? What does he want us to do? Where does he want us to go? We, we pray about the simple things, whether to accept a job offer, offer or, or whether we need to transfer to this school or whatever it might be. But what is his will for us? And I don't know about you, in my life and in my Christian life, it's been very difficult. I don't hear, Mike. Do this. I don't, I don't hear that. I, 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 I walk by faith, and God in his providential care holds me up. The step in faith is many times a step in the darkness, and when you step into darkness, his hand holds you. That's faith, and that's the way we live. By grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is a gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. By faith we walk. By faith. And I never have been able to see God's plan for me ahead. But I can see it looking back. I can see it looking backwards. When I see the hand, the providential hand of God, as he brought me through these curves and hills to a place for a purpose. And that purpose might not be to stand here in front of y'all. That purpose may be to hold uh, the hand of a suffering one. That hand, that that purpose may be to talk to somebody that needs Jesus and he's been talking to them on the other side. That, that place may be to be in a place where I have, we have a family and we have that child. That's a gift. It could be whatever it is. He has had his hand on me in my life. Now, have I always, has it been rosy? Uh-uh. No. The... <laughs> God does not promise it. If you're here today and you say, I don't believe in God because he lets bad things happen, you know what? We make enough bad things our own. own. Don't blame it on him. He did not promise us a, a, a smooth ride. He promised us quite the opposite, that there would be suffering, that there would be trials, that there would be circumstances. And in 2021, we, we have more circumstances. By the way, this, I think this is the actually the 20th month of 2020. <laughs> uh, you know, I think it just kept, kept, just kept going. And, and it, it, so here we are, and we have circumstances, stuff that we have, we confusion, a lot of confusion, a lot of, don't, we don't know what to think. And we think we know what to think, and then we don't know what to think. We think we know what to think, and we got this straight, and then we talked to our wife, and she said, no, you don't have it straight. And, and so... But what is God's will for us? 1 Thessalonians chapter 12, 
It's in, this is God's will in relationship to others, in your relationship to others. Now, we ask you, brothers, to respect those who work hard among you, who are over you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers, warn those who are idle, encourage the timid, help the weak, be patient with everyone, make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always try to be kind to each other and to everyone else. The first thing he says is to respect the spiritual leaders. Respect those who have rule over you. Now, in today's world, we may disrespect a hobby. It's very difficult. Everywhere you go, we are disrespecting institutions. We're disrespecting the government. We're disrespecting government officers. We're disrespecting those who don't agree with us. We're disrespecting all, all over, disrespecting God's people too. I mean, and, and there's plenty of fodder for that. I mean, you, 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 there's been so many televangelists and things that have fallen, that, that have been corrupt. You turn on, if you go to the first church of uh, Facebook, you know, you, <laughs> you see these guys, and then the next thing you read in a newspaper about them, well, for you young guys, the newspaper was something we used to get. It's in the paper. And, and the, we, read, we, we read in the news about them that they have fallen, they have, they have become corrupt in some way. Uh, let, he, let he that thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. That's what the word says. Uh, but disrespect is there. But we, who was Paul writing to? He was writing to the church at Thessalonica. He was writing to a church that he started in the, on his missionary journey there. He was writing back to them and saying, respect the spiritual leaders. And in our case, that's our pastor. That's Brian Threlkel. He is our senior pastor. I'm on staff. Don't even count me. I mean, I would love for you to respect and do everything I say. <laughs> nobody on earth has ever done everything I say. Uh, nobody. And so, the, the, but I do think that you, you should, we, uh, I do know that we're supposed to respect him. We're supposed to respect Brian. Brenda and I have, ha have had this practice as we, as we, with Christians in our Christian walk, and as we, when we came to Hill Country Bible Church five years ago or so, we came here just as members. We united with this church. We said, This is where, and we met with Brian and we told him this We believe that you are the under shepherd of Christ and the over shepherd of this flock. And we submit to you to follow you and promise that we're going to pray for you. Now, do I agree with everything Brian does? I, you know, spiritually I do. I, I, this, I didn't, when I told him about it, I didn't know he was a Vikings fan and didn't know he, <laughs> and, and didn't know he went to Baylor. See, I, that, that would have blew me out. But, but, but spiritually, yes, I do. And if I don't agree with him, I need to talk to him about it respectfully. And then if we can't get together and it's that big a deal, I need to ask God, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to be? Don't worry about where he is. You put him into place. Be respectful to spiritual leaders. So I want to ask you to commit in your prayer life to pray for Brian more and Wendy more and their children and grandchildren more so that God can, because I believe this with all my heart, and I've, I've, I've been around, I've been in a lot of churches. 
I've never met a man who stands right here and proclaims God's word in a way that can be understood using sometimes sensitive subjects, the subjects that we don't want to hear about. You know, what do you, what do you don't want to hear about? Sex, money, you know. But he does that in a way that's re- it's respectful and it's understandable. And so commit to pray that that keeps happening and that his, God will give him a vision. Respect your spiritual leaders, even though it's not popular. And if somebody starts complaining among you, stop them. All right, now we're all supposed to have peace with others. He says us, in having peace with others, he says, warn the idle, encourage the timid, and help the weak. So what, how, what is the idol? In, in the message, it says, warn the freeloaders. In New American Standard, it says, admonish the unruly. Thessalonica was a large church, large city. It was in a large city, and it was, had a lot of wealthy people and a lot of poor people. And there were those people that were, were riding the tide. They were just going with the flow. They were, they were, were, were living off the, the, the fat of the land, but weren't contributing anything. And he said, you need to tell those guys, get a job. Get a job, go to work. I told a lady yesterday, she, there was, that, 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 that a person we were talking about needs to sweat. Now, nobody needs to tell me that. Uh, uh, my sweating day is over. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but to, to, to tell those people and encourage those people to get up and get after it. And now, if they're unruly, it says admonish the unruly. And this is what, what you should do. Tell them, you know, and, and as gracefully as you can, don't be that way. Just don't. It's not good for you. It's not good for anybody else. And people don't want to hear that. He says to encourage the timid. And now there are, you know, and I know that there are different levels of maturity in Christians. There are those babies. Paul talks about that a lot, that they can only take milk. And then there are as we mature, as we grow, which has spiritual maturity has nothing to do with age. I'll tell you that right now. I I know people that are spiritually mature that are much better, 50 years younger than me. And, and that they are spiritually mature. So spiritual maturity is where God has brought you, but we're at different levels, and we understand different things. And it says to encourage the timid, encourage those who are, who are unsure of themselves. You know, in the Bible, we're, talk, we're called sheep, aren't we, a lot. You know, we're sheep, Jesus is shepherd. Sheep are, are timid animals. Uh, they, they, the only animal that's more chicken than a chicken. Is a, is a sheep. They'll, they get scared of everything. That's the reason they have to have a shepherd. They have to have dogs protecting them because they are timid. And it says, encourage the timid. Just say, I'm here with this with you. I'm here with you. You can do this. Positive words. And then he says, help the weak. Now, how do we help the weak without being enabling? Now, and and that's, that's where our prayer comes in. Because we, a lot of times we we we're, we have many words. We're wordy, aren't we? We think that when we go to help somebody that's going through difficulty that we have to say something. I, I say you need to shut up and listen to God. Listen to that person because what, most of the time all that person needs is someone to talk to, someone to, to, to listen to them, someone to know that they're there. When you go to a funeral or, you, or someone's lost a loved one, don't go say, 
you know, well, they're in a better place. <laughs> Maybe that's true, but that don't help that person you're talking to. You know, so, so watch your words. I used to train salesmen, and I always said less is more. Hush, listen. When you go through Stephen ministry training, they talk about listen, be listeners, because that person will finally get to the point that they make, they, they will talk till they realize what they need. Listen. Uh, in, in his book, Fearfully and Wonderfully Made, Dr. Paul Brand talks about how he as a doctor ministers to the weak and hurting. Here's what he says. Along with most doctors I know, I often feel inadequate. We fight back the lumps in our throat, march resolutely to the hospital for visits, mumble a few cheerful words, and perhaps look up articles on what to say to the grieving. But when I ask patients and their families, who helped you in your suffering? I hear a strange, imprecise answer. It is someone quiet, understanding, who listens more than he talks, who does not judge or offer much advice, someone there when I needed him, an understanding hug, a shared lump in the throat, a hand to hold. Just be there. He goes on to say, there, there are, in, in our being at peace with others is to be, have patience with everyone. <laughs> That's tough. Have, have patience with everyone. We have dug so many lines, kind of like this line here. Or put a chip on, you know, knock that off. We, we, we only think sometimes we can only associate with people that believe like we do. Or we can only associate with people that think like we do, or smell like we do, or look like we do. But we, it, it, we need to have patience with everyone. As I said before, everyone is Christians are on a different level. Be patient. Patience with everyone. Revenge toward nobody. <laughs> you know, we all want the bad guy to win sometimes. On movies, Ocean's 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 18, 48. We always wanted them to rob the casino. Or we want the bad guys to win. You know, but the Bible says, Paul says, have re revenge. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. It's not yours. You don't have to return evil with evil. All right? Turn them over to God. God, you get after it. I'm releasing this person to you. You do what you got to do. I'm getting out of your way. Have at it. That same pastor I talked to, the guy that led me to Christ, Charles Murphy, said this. He said, when you release somebody to God, it's like saying, sick them to a coon dog. <laughs> Y'all know what that means. Then. <laughs> I know what that means. Uh, and, and, but we, revenge is not our business. It's not ours. And be kind to everyone. Practice common courtesy, using the right words, using words that are respectful. Common courtesy. We all know them. We don't often use them. Uh, Jesus was a gentleman, wasn't he? He was kind. He was understanding. He was kind to the prostitute. He was respectful to, to, to those around him, to, the, to the, the money changers, the tax collectors, 
sinners. He would go into their home. He would, when invited, he would, he would be there to eat with them, much to his, the, the, the uh, what it went, it went against what the religious leaders wanted, but he did it anyway. He was respectful to those that came to arrest him. Those who put the nails in his feet, in his hands, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He was a gentleman. The Holy Spirit, guys, is a gentleman. He will not invade your life unless you ask him to. He will not. If if you're not here and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, he will not save you until you invite him in. You must do that. And we, he is our example. We need to be kind to everyone. Well, then he talks about God's will in relationship to self, okay? God's will for us as it relates to us. He says this in verse 16, 17, and 18. Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Be joyful always. <laughs> How many of you know that's all? It really is. You know, I went to see, believe it or not, with a guy named Steve Austin. You know, do, 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 do. Uh, six million dollar man for you guys younger. Than, you know, a man barely alive. Uh, Steve Austin and I went to seminary together, not the same Steve Austin, and, and he used to say this, I thought it was funny, and I think maybe I was the only one that thought it was funny. He had had a particularly bad day, and he came in and said, well, praise the Lord, that part of it's over with. <laughs> we can't, I, it is funny. We, we need to be joyful always, and that's difficult to do. It really is difficult to do. Now, there's a difference between being joyful and being silly, you know, or being giddy, or being fake. Joyful is knowing, joy in my life is knowing that I'm not in control completely. I'm not. That he is. That's joyful. Joyful is knowing that if I get a bad, bad diagnosis today, it's not up to me to cure it. It's up to him to cure it. Joyful is knowing that that if if my children are going through something today, I need to do what I can do, and then I need to stay out of God's way while he does what he does. Be joyful always. Verse 17, pray continually. So we need to, (laughs) we know we don't do that. We don't, but pray continually. Have, I've told you before, I have a problem with intentional prayer. In other words, I, in my life, I find it difficult to, to every day get up and set aside, you know, time, time to pray. I know a lot of you do that intentionally. I know that you, that's what you do. You know, you, you set aside time to commune with the Lord and pray. I think that I have an, an attitude of prayer throughout the day. And so, and, you know, God let me, let me see moment by moment what I need to talk to you about, what I need to pray about. Whether it's a, you know, you go down to Austin and you see a homeless person. I mean, you can do that pretty everywhere. But, but a, you know, a particular one, and God says, that one. Pray. That one. Pray now. I think that, 
I've told you before, my wife is, is, is sensitive to that also. And sometimes he tells her about something and we're together and, he, and she says, right there. And so, you know, we stop and pray. We do pray intentionally before we eat on trips. We thank God for, for helping us and keeping us safe. We, we, we ask him to take control. But for me to intentionally, and I've told y'all, you ought, to, you ought to do it. You ought to sit aside 10 minutes a day. I told you to do that. So the next morning, I sat aside 10 minutes a day, and about two minutes in, I was wondering who's playing baseball this afternoon. And, uh, you know, that, and so my, my, the way my mind works, I do have a, I try it. I try it every day. It just doesn't always work. But I try to have an attitude of prayer, prayer continually. And then he says, give thanks in all circumstances. Now, you know that Jesus is in your circumstances with you. You know that. God is in your circumstances, whatever it is, good, bad, or different, he is in them. But how are you in your circumstances? How are you doing? God is there. What are you doing in your circumstances? I've I, I hesitated to mention this, but I mentioned that Sun City, so I'll mention it to you. Had a long talk yesterday with Dennis Keller, who was our senior adult pastor, and Dennis, pray for Dennis and his family. Dennis has ALS. And, and, and he told me this, and it humbled me. It shamed me, really. He said, Mike, I, I've learned that I'm cl- getting closer in my relationship with Christ doing this, that I am giving thanks for what he's teaching me and how he's getting rid of the chaff. Dennis has ALS. The prognosis is not good. And I thought, Mike, Mike, he can do that? And I just and I whine and cry about stuff? Let God, in your circumstances, Ask him to help you give thanks. Because I'm telling you, that road I talked about looking back where God had come from, you will find that your circumstances behind you brought you to the place you are today and made you who you are today. But you can only see it looking back. Okay, in Philippians 4, 11-13, Paul wrote these words. I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. That is on pillows, couch pillows. That's on walls. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We got it everywhere. We see it. Where was Paul when he wrote this? He was in prison. He was in a Roman prison. What was going to be his end? death. He knew it. God knew it. He knew it. He was going to die. And he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This week, God's going to call you to be the church. And when he does, be ready. Be prayed up be ready to be his representative because I believe me a lot of people out there where it's hard to be a Christian all they ever see of Jesus is through you 
All they ever see is what they see in you. Let them see him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together. We pray, Lord, that you will go with us. Bless us. If there's anybody here that doesn't know you, we pray they'll grab somebody today and say, I want to know Jesus. We thank you for the example we set. We pray for Jason and his family. We pray for Brian, that you will just speak to him. And we thank you for teaching us about how we're supposed to be. God, help us and use us. And Father, those people in Afghanistan, wrap your loving arms around them and make them appear invisible to their enemies. We love you for what you're going to do. We thank you for this congregation. Encourage them in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys are dismissed. All right. <laughs>